Oh, dear. All right, Dustin, intro us. Three, two, one. Episode 23, oh, dear, coming at you. What are you, Teddy? That's, uh, is, is, was that it? Is that your final take? That's your final answer? Oh, yeah. That was good. All right. Well, hello. Welcome to episode 23 of Oh Dear, presented by Bose Bar and Stage, coming to you from Communal Creative Studios in downtown Red Deer. I'm Ted Emmett. Thank you for joining us once again. This episode brought to you by Saks Thrift Avenue, a new partner of ours. Well, kind of new, I guess. We've done a bit of stuff with them in the past, but now it's official. We're going to have an interview later on in the show with owner Vincent Molgat. A pretty cool story behind a, a really cool local business. So looking forward to learning a bit more about that. And I guess now it's time to introduce the rest of the gang, starting with the man who is living proof that there are no stupid questions, just stupid answers. Dustin Moore, how's it going? Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm enjoying uh, a Bobby Margarita. I'm sure we'll touch on that later this episode, but things, Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Things couldn't be better, Teddy, and I'm going to keep it short and sweet tonight. And I was really mean to him last time, so I'm just going to introduce him as the cutest little podcast host I've ever met. Kevin Walsh, how's it going? Unofficial podcast host, but yes, thanks, Ted. Right. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, wow. I'm never prepared for that. I'm good. We're here. We're rolling. And uh, Ryan Lund, I'm pretty tired. You just make up your own intro. Okay. Uh, here's standing at five foot ten, weighing 172 pounds. <laughs> uh, you can bench press 250 pounds. Ryan Lund. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. I spit fire and truth, Ted, so you better. <laughs> and over on the couch tonight with absolutely stunning hair, that's how you know co-worker Aaron isn't here tonight, the one and only Andrew Russell filling in for Aaron. So Andrew, uh, welcome back. Now, your, your third stint. It's great to be on the couch, kid. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you were going to be better in Strive Off. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about sitting on this couch, apparently. Ked? Thanks, yeah. Ed. Yeah, it's like, do you call me Ked or Kids or Ken? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I was looking at Kevin yeah. and thinking about you. you Kevin's imagine, just like, yeah. you know what is the dream is having the job security that Aaron has doing ad reads because that's yeah. <laughs> that was the first sentence. That's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a tough name. Don't beat yourself up. <laughs> I need, I need more Bobby margaritas in me. <laughs> so as always steering the ship, which, uh, well, even with them is usually just headed into a deep, dark abyss, but Ryan and Riley from communal creative studios, hanging out with us, keeping us going as always. So a huge thank you to them and Andrew Russell, get ready. Okay, Ked. Andrew, get ready. Do I, are you wanting right. me to add read here? Yeah, we are going <laughs> to... This guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm paying your salary, fuckface. Good thing we make them pay to be here. Yeah. All right, let's go in to the Glad Game. The Glad Game is brought to you by Beyond Insurance, winner of Travelers Canada 2021 Canadian Brokerage of the Year Award. Beyond partners with you and your business to help you understand and manage risks by taking the time to review all your insurance needs and offering customized solutions. Learn more at beyondinsurance.ca or by calling 403-392-6118. Beyond Insurance, your best choice for insurance in Red Deer. Totally redeemed yourself. Yeah. Nailed it. Oh shoot, your mic was off. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine, I can do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll kick it off. It'll be uh, short and sweet. So, uh, as everyone knows, Betty White passed away at the end of, uh, or maybe it was the very beginning. No, very end New of Year's 2021. Um, and one of her, uh, while she was alive, she was a big uh, animal advocate. So, all around the world, all the animal places in, in Alberta here, the SP... SPCA Society. Central Alberta Humane Society. Yeah. You got that, but you couldn't get Ted. 
So all these all these places have, have received uh, lots of financial support. So I read an article saying the Central Alberta SPCA uh, set a goal for ten thousand dollars on what was going to be her hundredth birthday. They hit that goal by nine a.m. and actually surpassed one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So they hit twelve hundred percent of their goal. So that's that's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, who who knows? Maybe that'll become an annual event. But I'm hearing stories about that all all around the world, really, which is quite a cool legacy for her to leave. Yeah, you had me at Betty white yeah and you had me at animals because <laughs> <laughs> yeah enough said <laughs> no but how cool is that i totally agree it should become an annual thing because i know you know i was watching you know a news station a few nights after and they were releasing totals of different animal shelters across alberta that were raising thousands and thousands of dollars and i know a lot of them you know with the pandemic and and the support that may have felt a little bit dry in that time um this couldn't have come at a better time for a lot of these shelters that were becoming full again because i know a lot of adoptions and stuff did happen early covid you know they call them covid dogs so good for betty white good for the legacy legacy she's leaving behind and hope it becomes an annual thing. Saving Grace out in Alex also got over $100,000. Wow. Wow. Is that the one we donated $500 to yeah. earlier this Yeah, year? the Chubbs does like $500. But the, hey, like, every bit does count though. Like Andrew said, like that was a bit, like that's a big one that they will never refuse an animal. Like uh, I'm sure they, maybe any kind of animal, but the animals they do accept, they never refuse one. So they just, they take it in and they figure it out, which is crazy cool for, you know, they're doing it for the right reasons and, and to get the support back from such a crazy viral thing is awesome. Pretty cool. And again, I think we're, we're back to back talking about fundraising, but I think if we could talk about that every single glad game, I think that's pretty cool because it's especially in times like these, nice to see. Well, I'm going to throw one more at you, Ted. I probably won't catch it because I'm not athletic. All right. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> Throw it to Ked instead. <laughs> uh, I'm really glad uh, that the Central Alberta Child Advocacy... Andrew, what is what is Walsh trying to say? The Central Alberta Child Advocacy Center. That's the one. <laughs> that the Central Alberta Child Advocacy Center uh, was able to raise uh, just, just under $70,000 for their one-day 50-50 uh, jackpot that they have going on. I believe the draw is sometime kind of early February, February 9th or something like that. Anyone that uh, knows about that center, it does incredible work. Um, you know, through our Optimist Club, we've been able to talk to Mark Jones the director directly and hear some stories and just how much it's helping. And, you know, it's sad that there's that type of stuff where children are harmed in various ways in society and just really grateful that a center like that exists for them. So it's really cool what they're doing and uh, they have big plans. They've executed so far over the last few years and looking forward to the future. Yeah. And I think we've shifted our glad game a little bit. We went to one last time. We have a couple cool fundraisers. We're going to add a third this time. Teddy is doing dry February, which is super cool. Cool. I've never even heard of it, honestly, before. I've heard of dry January. I've heard of dry other months, but never February. So raising money for the Canadian Cancer Society. Society and uh, has set himself a lofty goal of $5,000. So I, I believe you're cutting out everything. Yeah. So I know last year I did a, a dry February. It was the last, last year was the first time I had ever heard of it. I actually heard about it from a coworker and, you know, I'm not a huge drinker. So I, I thought, hey, here's an opportunity in February to do something get back on the health train for one, but but do something meaningful. And because to me, drinking is, I can cut it out fairly easily. Really, it's like when we're together doing this stuff now is mostly when I do it. So I'm cutting out alcohol, I'm cutting out cannabis, and I'm cutting out fast food. 
which I, I mean, if I cut out cannabis, the third one's pretty, a, a lot easier, but pretty <laughs> much the things that I really like, because if I want to raise $5,000, raise a lot of money and awareness, you know, it's got to be a sacrifice because it's nothing compared to, I think we've all one way or another been affected by cancer. It's uh, it's nothing compared to what cancer patients go through, what families go through. So I thought uh, I would kind of step it up a bit and hopefully, I guess, on behalf of the whole podcast, try and raise awareness. And uh, my least favorite part, you know, Dustin... This was your suggestion. It's a great one, but I hate it. If I hit the $5,000 goal to show how committed I am to this, I'm going to get the old buzz cut, which, I mean, my hair has been at least six inches long for a couple of years now. And uh, again, it's nothing nothing compared to what those uh, patients and families go through. But I think, again, uh, hopefully something people can rally around. And if you know me, you understand that that's a, a, a pretty big sacrifice. Unfortunately, I don't think my hair is going to be long enough by then to donate, uh, which is too bad. Maybe I'll wait a little bit longer. I think the minimum is seven inches. Uh, but either way, yeah, I'll uh, put the link up for my drive February. You know, at Lund's, Lund will hopefully uh, help police it. But I know one option too, you know, you can set for yourself, like pay a hundred bucks if you're going to drink one night or anything like that. Um, so you, you donate to yourself to be able to drink. But I think I'm going to go cold turkey and uh, the hopefully raise some money and awareness for the Canadian Cancer Society and may have a, a fun little head shaving event, hopefully. Yeah, that's awesome, Ted. I'm uh, very impressed that you're taking that on and I hope you reach your goal, not only because it's a good cause, but um, I know you love your hair, so I'd really like to see you shave it off. Good for you, Ted. That's that's amazing. I know with li- living with you, I know how much <laughs> you love your hair and how much time you spend with it. So, uh, I know it's, it's going to be tough if you do hit your goal and you do have to shave it off. Uh, I think it's going to be a worthwhile cause. And for anyone that knows Ted, they're going to donate because they're going to want to see you with a buzz cut which is going to be fucking weird to look at for the first for the first month but hey it'll grow back man. I'm going to look like a guess who character that never made it on the game yeah <laughs> the point is though is that the dry February too like not drink it's just good for your health too right and, and helps reduce your, your risk of cancer and all that too so there's a lot that goes with it and I know um, a lot of people are doing it and anyone listening might know someone else doing it as well so obviously we're, we're not going to be upset if you don't donate to, to our cause but I think one way or another right it's you know raise some money raise some awareness do something for the community and do a little something for myself at the same time until I have to get a buzz cut. Yeah, I hope we do it. And if you see the link, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, everything will get us closer to Ted shaving his head. And like Lund said, this guy loves nothing more than his hair. Well, so. maybe fast food. Oh, really? Yeah. It's close. It's close. Ted, do we, does one of us get to be the one to actually shave your head for you? I think we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. I'll give you your first 500 bucks if I get to shave your head. Oh, <laughs> that's accepted. A, yeah. That's, well, that's a pretty First good of all, start. you don't speak for me. Second of all, accepted as long as it can get a uh, maybe someone whoever ends up fixing Aaron's hair can be there to, to do a touch up after no I'm experienced I'm good yeah. I used to shave my head all the time I got gotcha. you you're gonna look great as long as you don't shave my kid <laughs> so yeah uh, yes. you're yeah, at 750 before, 750 because before the chubs February did starts. yeah so let's go. Wow. Thank you, Andrew, Dustin, you know, and everyone at the Chubbs too for donating. So that's a great start. Andrew, I promise that wasn't why we invited you here tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you also, I think you also one time 
offered to donate $500 for me to tattoo your name on my ass. So this is much more preferable. <laughs> like, I'll give you another 500 if you tattoo my name on your ass. All right. We're up to 1250 how, how, how much to get Ked on my ass? <laughs> 50 bucks. No, we keep ruining the sentiment of this, but thank you, you know, and thank you in advance to anyone. Even just, you know, if you can't donate, times are tough. Uh, just share it too. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe someone else, you know, sees it. It's something that's close to their heart and they share it. Uh, really, you know, the awareness is is just as important to I think as the the donation itself. So uh, that's r- really all we're trying to do. And yeah. All right. So to move on, every now and then we actually record an episode before we've recorded the interview, uh, and that's the case this time. So we're going to jump ahead to the future and go to our interview with our episode sponsor, Vincent from Saks Thrift Avenue. All right, we're here on location, and uh, this is right away. You're going to have to go watch the video of this interview because we all look sharp at Saks Thrift Avenue, downtown Red Deer, with owner Vincent Molgat. Vincent, thanks for having us here at the store. It's, uh, man, I wish everyone could, could see Dustin right now. It's amazing. <laughs> I am buying this hat, so you will see it. Well, we got to pick out a few pieces and dress everybody up for today. No, I like it. This is why I showed up early just to shop before the interview. Hey, and welcome, coworker Aaron, to your first interview. And you know, we we had a very specific, two specific reasons for having you here. A, you're a thrifter, and B, you had quite the faux pas here, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I guess Vincent, just to start off, uh, tell us a bit about the history of Saks Thrift Avenue, you know, and how it came to be, and and how you got to where you are today. Well, it was just over two years ago. I kind of wanted a little bit of a break from uh, just what I was doing. And we had this vacant space in this building and I decided, hey, let's let's do a thrift store and we support charities that are in our building. So right now that's uh, Central Alberta Brain Injury Society, as well as um, Canadian Mental Health. And we kind of got it going three, four months before the pandemic first hit. And uh, then we had to shut down for four months. And the truth was, really wasn't catching on. We just lacked parking. Everyone in a thrift store wants to park. They don't know how long they're going to park for. You know, you park downtown, you got to plug a meter. And then as well, we weren't big enough. Like, you need a really big space. You need constant moving of inventory. So when we shut down for four months, I kind of stopped and I kind of said, what's been selling? And we got the old records from the sound house and those had been selling. So we really kind of made a little bit of a pivot and uh, converted the store into predominantly a record shop. And then we do a kind of curated thrift and vintage up front. And so for people who are used to going to true thrift stores like Value Village or any of the other ones in town, what is the big difference between an experience like that and coming to a more curated experience like this? Well, the big thing is is you don't have to look through a thousand racks to try and find something that you like. We're very much going through and curating it for you, finding those pieces that everyone's kind of into right now. You just kind of get to go through and find those those gems. Now, are we a little bit more expensive? Naturally. But what you uh, have to pay a little extra for, you make up in your time. Absolutely. Yes, it is definitely the kind of store that you can come in and just grab things off the rack. And they're all going to be wonderful and exciting and give you that same hit. Like you'd search for two hours through a rack somewhere else 
to find one good shirt. <laughs> As you can see by my earrings and my wolf sweatshirt, like. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think everyone hopefully by now is, if you follow us on social media, you've seen the, my pink hat that I got here too. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of cool stuff. And yeah, we're again, right now sitting kind of in the, the clothing part of the store. We have some awesome VHSs behind us too. So it's just, I think we know our listeners like nostalgia and you get a ton of that here. But I think what the really cool part for me, you know, and when we first came here is the extensive record collection. I know there are places, you know, around Red Deer to get it too, but I don't know if there's anything that extensive. And is that something too, like, is that one of your main goals is keeping that record collection as updated, use the word updated, kind of loosely since they're mostly old records, but just keep it as stocked as possible and keep your eye out for what's out there? Yeah, that's actually the most challenging part of the whole store. We're now open four days a week. We used to only be open three. And I would tell people all the time, I needed those other four days just to track down the old records. Um, you know, I've gone as far this past summer, I drove all the way out to Oliver, BC for 1900 albums. And it's like, that's the sacrifice you really do have to make. And it's getting harder and harder to find those big collections like that. And you said you're like, you're the, to, I guess, quantify your drive to BC and back. How many episodes of Oh Dear is that? Because I know you, <laughs> you did, you said you crushed, we met you for the treasure hunt and you hadn't heard the podcast yet. And you, like, you basically all, pro, I have to assume almost all the way there and back. That's a lot of us. Uh, yeah, it was. I basically downloaded them all up to that point. So this would have been July. How many episodes were you guys at in July? Probably about 14, 15 by then. Yeah. And I remember getting all the way back with half an episode left. <laughs> and you know what? It was just the reinforcement that I needed that it was a worthwhile group of people. Idiots. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, you could say you it. You said it. And uh, entertaining. I am not a big fan of like driving for long distances. And it just kind of really helped, uh, you know, ease that pain of uh, that long of a drive. So thank you for that, guys. <laughs> and so you know how you met London I and Walsh through the treasure hunt. Just met Dustin actually for the first time tonight. I would love to hear how you met coworker Aaron. Yeah, let's hear your side of it. <laughs> you did such a good job of explaining it on an episode, I think it was 19. And I sat there and I said, wow, she told it perfectly. <laughs> you know, I guess from my point of view, it was very much where... You, you were in here and part of the policy at Saks Thrift Ave is trying to make a sense of community. So I do try to remember my customers' names, especially when it comes to the records and everything. So when people are looking around, I like to chat them up. I like to ask their names. And so here, coworker Aaron was walking around and everything. And I pulled my usual like, hey, how you doing today? You looking for anything in particular? You've been in the shop before. And no, no, first time, first time. And I said, oh, how'd you hear about us? Because that's the other thing I always want to know is like, what of my marketing efforts is actually working? And she's like, oh, a friend told me about the place. <laughs> I said, oh, well, which friend? And she's like, oh, yeah, his name's Ted. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, oh, from the podcast. Yeah, that's but so dear, isn't it? So together. So and uh, so I kind of asked and and you are <laughs> and she's sat there, stared at me. <laughs> A friend. For way too long. I stared at you for like, we just made direct eye contact going, I know who you are. You know who I am. And I just couldn't not make it weird. I was totally expecting her to just say Aaron. <laughs> like, and I'd know. be like, oh, coworker Aaron from the podcast. Yay. Hey, Ted told me you were gonna, he was going to send you in because you love this stuff. But no, we had that stare at each other, awkward moments. 
And then we both just walked away. I think you kind of like ran out of the I store afterwards. I did, yeah. No. You're like, that was way too awkward. Yeah. And then I went up front and talked to my, uh, you know, my colleague here. And I'm like, I think that was coworker Aaron from the podcast. She's real weird in real life. Yeah. So. <laughs> to be fair, it was the first time I thought I was recognized. But I also then realized that maybe I wasn't. And you were just a normal human being being polite. And I, I just had to. Um, but you couldn't say I'm Aaron. No. Like, <laughs> no. My brain was saying, say your coworker, Aaron. But then the other side of my brain was going, why would you say that? That's an absurd. Just say your name. And then I said nothing. <laughs> it's better when we have a great story like it's this, true. isn't it? Yeah. It's true. It's a real meet cute. Yeah. I'm glad it's not weird anymore. You guys are sitting on this awesome couch that I wanted to buy, but it's not for sale. But anyways, <laughs> I'm not a huge thrifter. I'm not a huge music guy, but this is an awesome place. I It took me all five minutes to find a sweet sweater and moose hat that I'm going to wear forever now. Thanks, Ted, for yeah, finding I'm not the one. only one who wears moose in my hair. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, I want to go back to the start because when you, and you talked about community, you wanted to build a sense of community with the store, supporting different charities that are in your building. I, I just want to learn a little bit more of, of how you do that and, and props to you for, for doing that, running a business. Well, yeah, it's, um, you know, sometimes when you're been a part of the community for so long, you just kind of decide, hey, we all got to give a little back. And it's kind of how can you go about doing it? Now, I'll admit it was a little bit selfless in the sense that, you know, part of the ownership group of the building and they were tenants in here, but we've seen them struggle, right? We've seen them where they've had bigger spaces, but had to reduce space and they're making do with what little they have. And with everything going on with, you know, I know you guys don't want to talk too much about the pandemic and everything, but we're seeing some real struggles for people with mental health. So that one's an easy one. And then as well, I look at both groups as kind of like people that just out of no reason of their own are just a little bit le less fortunate. And like we look at the people that are involved with those organizations and the amount of time and effort they put in there with little to no pay. And it's just a natural thing to do. And so when we say our sense of community, it's just also the community within the building and dealing with everything that kind of goes on downtown Red Deer, everything else and those struggles. So it feels good to be able to do that. Um, you know, like any business though, there are costs and everything that has to go on. I'll admit I've got two plus years into this. And uh, I'm proud to say starting January 1st, I'm now paying myself minimum wage. So, <laughs> you know, you got to strive for the little things in life, right? Congratulations. <laughs> That's good. I think last year, I think I made four cents an hour doing this podcast. So it's all labor of love, right? And then the Rage Room is now part of this as well, which I believe, Dustin, you and I are going to go rage out after this. But how did that come about? Uh, the truth was when we were a thrift store, you started to see all this stuff donated that just sits there. And it's a reflection of all of the consumerism that we do have out there. And uh, actually my cousin pre-pandemic had one of those big like golf domes in Calgary and they had combat archery and all these other activities and they would have thousands of people in every weekend. And they had started one up there and they said based on square footage, everything, it did really, really well for them. Very positive experience for most people. And I just saw the stuff that we had and we had again empty space in the basement i guess i'm just the type that needs another project <laughs> so you know got some guys down there we put up some puck board we did a few little renos and said hey we'll give this a go if nothing else will be a lot of fun we can also like use it for charity events whatever else like that anyway again we can kind of help out uh help the community and same time with again the big c word going on sometimes nice just to go and kind of relieve a little bit of that stress level and everything 
thing. So we got that going in the fall, but uh, that's a big time for us as a retail store with Christmas. So we didn't go above and beyond to kind of really push it and advertise it. So we've started that in the new year and we're really starting to see it pick up down there. In regards to the Rage Room, and we'll probably learn a little bit more about it later, but can you purchase gift certificates for it? Like if you wanted to give it a, for a present to a wife or a family member, <laughs> putting up with my shit all day, but you is need it a just, lot of gift yeah. certificates then? Can you, you, for those type of people you piss off? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ted, yeah, I could probably you, give Ted like a thousand dollars worth of that rage room, but <laughs> is there, is there a way to, if you're not into the whole rage room thing and an ability to give gifts hourly to the rage room or 15 minutes, like how does it work? Yeah, definitely. Like we do have kind of our three standard package. It's just the bigger the package, the more items you get to break, right? So it's just a 50, 75 and a hundred dollar package. And the truth is there's a lot of value in even just our entry level package. You know, we do have gift cards for our standard package, but ultimately we can write a gift card as well for any denomination for the store. Uh, so they can be utilized that way. And they were a really big hit leaning into Christmas, great stocking stuff or everything else like that. And we've seen the people come in and, you know, everyone's been pretty excited about it if they got it as a gift. And uh, yeah. And so it's, it's a great little thing for anybody and everybody. Even if you're not one of those people that have a whole bunch of built up rage or, you know, need that outlet, it's kind of just fun to go and smash a bunch of shit, watch it break and walk away. And, you know, I think the, the packages are for 45 minutes. I, I don't even know, honestly, if you need that long because you get really sweaty and tired in there too. Like you, because you wear the cover, obviously all the safety gear, like it's a very safe thing. I think that goes without saying, but we're going to say it anyways, just to make sure everyone knows that. But you get really sweaty. But what I really liked about it too was that it was the experience, you know, down in the rage room is very reflective of up here in the store because, you know, you're back there playing vinyl. You know, you're basically, I don't know if you do this for everyone or, or we got the, the special treatment, but, you know, you're playing songs, kind of changing out the vinyl, that too. So you got music blasting in there too. And it's just a, it's a ton of fun. Like, I think for me, the, the music really added to it a lot too. And it seems like for you, it got to be a little bit of fun even just to run it and watch people go in there. And like I said, I didn't think I had any rage that day, but I guess I did. And it, it felt great after. Yeah, no, that's the standard experience that most people have. It's vinyl. If you get here early, you can go to the back, find any record that we have back there that's open and bring it down to play it. However, we do have kind of our our classic albums that we're putting on all the time. Like the number one song that we will play down there is Limp Biscuits Break Stuff. <laughs> you know, and then probably like Metallica's Black Album or Rage Against the Machine. Or, or the song from Titanic. Uh, no. No, no. No, sorry. Dustin Maybe, requested sorry, yeah. that for tonight. That's why. Maybe I just a there. murder <laughs> podcast. Listen to a good old murder podcast while you rage out. No, thanks. <laughs> well, and you know, if you're ever going through a breakup, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we do have You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. So, you know, Classic. we put that on as well. For I, you I, it was on, you put it on for us anyways. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I feel like I'm always going through a breakup. Maybe that's why I liked it. <laughs> that's just a good song. Like it's the, the energy that comes from this song is a good one. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll listen to that from the outside and just feel my feelings alone in the hallway <laughs> while these two go and smash some shit. One other thing as we're just chatting through this and I can't wait to actually try it out, but like, do you have, do you bring in corporate like businesses and stuff to, like, this would be great, a great team builder activity for businesses. If they're, you know, if you're going through a big audit season or a tax season, or like you want to just get some relief from that work environment. I know again, back to COVID has kind of hampered a whole bunch of in office activities, but as we come out of that, I think that's a great, great activity for, you know, small businesses, big businesses to get their employees in here and 
give them a little stress break from from the everyday work life. We're definitely open to it. We do have a few limitations and mostly we just have the one room and our insurance only allows us two people in there at once. We can rotate people through and everything else like that. And yeah, it's something we're definitely looking to do in the future. So I'm expecting Dustin for you to bring (laughs) what all the bulldogs down here or, you know, everyone from the shop and uh, come smash it up. Uh, You just got to round up those people for us and we'll set it up. I know on the upcoming weekend, we've got a couple groups of like four people coming down. We don't know the exact details, but uh, it's hopefully going to be a great time. So lunchtime smash break. Yeah, I mean, that might mean different things right. to different people, Sorry. especially when you're working from home. That's rage, a whole different rage, thing. Yeah. Rage break. Uh, someone asked me, like, how much is the smash room? I was like, is, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure those exist downtown, too. But if you're talking about the rage room, that's something different. But Vincent, I know, you know, for for the, the thrift store now for, you know, you're more looking for vintage and not like the bulk donations or anything like you would take somewhere else. But for the rage room, I know, you know, for me, you're always going through coffee mugs you don't need anymore or that type type of glassware that you might just throw out can you a people just drop it off and donate to you for other people to use or i know you can just pay a flat rate to to bring all your own stuff as well right yeah we do have some limitations we'd love for people to drop off stuff to donate they can pay a 30 dollar package bring their own stuff to smash uh we do have some limitations it is in the basement so we don't want to be hauling anything like gigantic down up and down the stairs we also can't do screens there's mercury in them so that's just a, a hazard in itself um, yeah, but in terms of like our name is Saks Thrift Ave, and we initially took donations. Uh, we don't really anymore. Uh, we would love still to get donations of breakable stuff. If you have vintage clothing or records, we're more than happy to even buy those from you. Because uh, again, that's kind of, you know, it's a business that involves a lot of time because you have to find things. Mm-hmm. It's not one of these where it just kind of walks through your door. Or you can order it from a wholesaler and everything. So, so yeah, whether you want to give us the items to be broken or come and break them yourself, that's always an option. Grandma's China finally found a use for it. It's sad to say, but uh, we do get a lot of China. And uh, yes, it does get smashed in the rage room. So I'm sure my parents are still saving theirs for the Pope or something. So I I, I don't know if I could get that. But And Vincent, coming back just to the the store as a whole, because you you spoke about how you want to create a a community. Have you found already too, like you have a a great community of, of regulars that come in and tell you exactly who they are. <laughs> but but really come in and just hang out and, and look around and you get those regulars coming in that just love the vibe here and, and are just kind of feel at home here. Yeah, definitely. Especially when it comes to the records. Um, it is one of those we have regulars that, yeah, they're known by name. They're in here every week. Some people, some people come in every few weeks. You know, there's a guy that's three out of four Sundays of the, of the month. He's waiting outside for us to open to come. He gets a bunch of records. And he puts them on. He does his paperwork for the week. And you hear all these other stories, too. We had a lady that was bringing in uh, or coming in to purchase records. And she'd send them to Fredericton to her uh, father who has dementia. And they were saying in the home that he was in, it was very beneficial because these were the songs he remembered from when he was young. And he would clean them all day. He would play them all day. And everyone else was getting the enjoyment out of Mm -hmm. it as well. There's a lot of really great benefits to music. And one of the reasons really come back is because a record compared to an mp3 to make an mp3 they remove about 30 percent of the actual music and so now that we've had a whole generation that hasn't even owned any other medium it's kind of interesting for them to all of a sudden realize well i own this this is mine 
design. And then as well, when they hear it and they're hearing the full quality of what it should be, because it's still the highest quality form of music we have ever made, it actually releases higher levels of dopamine. And so they're really getting this kick out of it. And as well, I think the pandemic was good for vinyl resurgence because you had to kind of slow down. You had to put on, you had to listen to the whole side. You had to brush off the record. You had to flip the record. And we all kind of slowed down during this Mm -hmm. time. And so I think it's very beneficial for a lot of people. That was so far over my head, but wow. My dopamine's going right now. <laughs> so maybe that's what we are. We're really like for dopamine junkies. Yeah. You can come, you can get a little bit from buying that perfect vintage piece of clothing. You can get it from mm-hmm. listening to the music and then you can go down to the rage room and you can rage out and really just kick them into overdrive down there. It's really my perfect day. Yeah. Like the dopamine hit from these earrings. I can't, I can't even tell you how in love that I am. That is your golden girls. Yes. Right yes. There, yeah. I can just, they're clip on. So I can just pull them off like I'm Blanche Devereaux about to get into a fight. I'm very excited. I, I'm more excited to see how they look on Dustin later. If they're <laughs> clip on, yeah. Yeah, going yeah. back to the records, I think it's really cool because more and more, you, like you said, you see the resurgence of records and especially indie bands now, the newer ones release. I know for me, it always stands out in my head Arkells. Everything they do, they release on vinyl. You know, I see Taylor Swift, Fearless. Of course, that's the first thing I notice uh, up on, on the wall too. So you can get newer albums on on vinyl as well and i know i don't know how the sound is compared to an actual you know old-fashioned record player but you can go to and get like usb record players and all that where you can listen to it record it from vinyl on your computer i think those type of things so do you get a lot of people um that are getting into it that way or is everyone if are you like a traditionalist here and you want the traditional old school record listeners i would say we're a bit traditional here Now, there is new turntables that have added a bunch of technology and everything. However, the old equipment has a warmer sound to it. Uh, Why that is, is the new equipment we're making, we're making it to do a whole bunch of things. We're making it to do surround sound and to, you know, hear the Millennium Falcon fly past you behind your head. And as a result, you're not getting the same sound quality of the old equipment. So here we only sell the old equipment, as well as we don't want to sell some of the new stuff with built-in speakers, because that sound, of course, is vibrations which is just going to move your needle. All right. Mm -hmm. So we kind of stick to the old stuff. But when it comes to records, we bring in the new stuff as well. Definitely because, of course, there's some stuff that was uh, never pressed before now. The difficult part with new vinyl, though, is uh, right before the pandemic, one of the master pressing plants in the States burnt down. And so it used to be about like upwards of a year to get something pressed. And now we're seeing it being even upwards of two years. So increased Mm -hmm. demand, less supply. We'll start to see these pressings come out of other countries even. And then in terms of sound quality, it really depends on the new vinyl. Some of them are just pressing it from digital files. And why vinyl is a superior quality, it's from done from original analog tapes. And some of the big bands, they are doing it again from the original analog tapes and remastering, but others are pressing it kind of quickly. Now, in terms of quality for most people's ear, you won't hear the difference, right? And this is still better quality than any other sound source out here. However, there's something to be said for that original analog type sound. And because these analog tapes aren't going to last forever, we're actually seeing a lot of stuff being pressed at very high quality while we can still do it. And so a lot of these classic, classic albums are being done very beautifully, even to the point where there'll be better quality ones than the original. 
but with that comes a little bit of a steeper price. Uh, how much are you learning tonight, Dustin? Yeah, my brain is on overdrive right now. The hat might be a little too like you're not you're not a four notch guy. You're a two notch guy. I think you have that hat on way too many notches. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny actually. I was talking to my husband on the way down, and I was like, "Oh, and they you know gonna have all these cute clothes," and I was like, "But they're also a, a record store." And uh, the rest of the drive down here was him waxing poetically about the warmth of listening to records and so i can see why so many people are back into records versus the digital downloads so does this mean that your husband has a turntable no he's a very lazy record mm. lover he just waxes nostalgically about it, it, it sounds, he spreads the good word yeah sounds like yes. a birthday gift uh, christmas perhaps, gift possibly yes, coming actually. and uh, maybe we can get him hooked he can be a regular down here you know what? I would do that. I can oh. do that. Yeah. The beauty right. is he comes down for records. Uh -huh. You come down to shop for your, your vintage. Yep. You know, it's a perfect store for both parties. It is a perfect date night. And then you go, you go smash and then you go into the rage room after and, and go break a bunch of stuff. I love it. But really, I, I think for anyone too, like Dustin, you know, I knew probably half of what you were saying there, Dustin knew zero, but you can come down too and get like, if you don't know anything about records, I think you and I should probably just talk about music the whole rest of the <laughs> night. Like I said, I could go on and on and on, but before we do that, you know, we'll, we'll start to wrap up. And, and let you again uh, one more plug for the store you know obviously people can check it out online follow you on social media book the rage room online basically kind of all of those uh, those salesy parts that we have to get to at the end all right well um, I guess the most important thing for people to know is we're only open Thursday through Sunday uh, 11 till 5 30 and uh, it really is about just kind of step back in time and doing a little something different you know trying off some different clothing you know this stuff's popular because it lasts. Anybody that has bought any new shirts and jeans. I bought five pairs of Levi's about four years ago. They're all split in the crotch. <laughs> I, these that I wear now, they're all vintage because they are actually going to last. These jeans are already 20 some years old and they'll probably last at least another 20. And then that's the same thing. Like vinyl's timeless. It lasts a lifetime. It's to be enjoyed for this generation, the next generation. And I truly believe they're not going to make a better form of music because of capitalism. It's just never profitable anymore. And so that's what kind of the store is about is sustainability, enjoyment, making a sense of community. And then I guess come and smash some shit. You know, <laughs> we can all use that these days. So, yeah. Yeah. If you are wasting your time at a thrift store going through all of the men's T-shirt racks, hoping to find some magical graphic T-shirt, stop wasting your time. Come down here. They've done the work for you. You can just walk in, purchase and go home with exactly what you wanted to find. Or something that you didn't expect to find, <laughs> like mine or Dustin's hats. Yeah. I, I will second that though. And and being a guy who, you know, would go to a thrift shop for a, like a certain thing and you look for hours and you're going to a couple different ones. And I walked in here and it was like 10 different things immediately. What, what am I going to wear for this? Yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden we find this moose hat. <laughs> God. What a place. <laughs> well, it was pretty easy shopping for you guys. So it's funny how a vintage piece can just call to you. You walk in, you see it. You're like, that's me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the beauty. We get people that come in almost every week just to check, hey, what's new? And they know they're in here and they don't have to spend a lot of time. They look at a piece and they light up 
or sometimes they walk around, nothing for them this week. So I'm glad you guys all found something and it didn't even take us long. Wait, 10 minutes? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right away you see this Van Halen shirt, right? And the only reason I didn't buy that is because I already own it. But it is like right when you walk in, right behind us here, Kevin Walsh, here's your third sign to buy that vintage Taz leather jacket because it is here right behind us. Mm-hmm. Nothing could ever fit a human being better than that jacket fits him. So it is a statement piece. Yeah. And that statement is I'm fucking cooler than you. <laughs> so Kevin, you better buy it. I think a lot of the stuff here says that though. So true. I guess that's a perfect way to wrap up. And Vincent, thanks again for having us. You know, we, we've worked with you since the treasure hunt on a couple different things. And now you're an official partner of the podcast, which is awesome because I think everything about you and the store and, and what you're trying to do here is exactly in line with our podcast. And what we're trying to show is people in Red Deer who love Red Deer are trying to make it better. So thank you for having us. I guess the one thing we didn't say is you are on the corner of downtown corner of 48th and 48th. Yeah, that's correct. We're right next door to a little white church on the corner of 48th and 48th. So unfortunately, there is going to be construction across the street from us for at least another two years, but a new courthouse is what we need. So, you know, a little bit of sacrifice and pain for the end results that will be wonderful. Well, and yeah, one last time, thank you for for having us and coming on. And I'm not going to delay Dustin and Aaron going down to the the rage room anymore. Aaron needs to get to bed here shortly, (laughs) so we better get him down here pretty soon. Yeah. So, yes, recording very uh, yeah. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And thanks for doing your hair tonight, Aaron. I know. I really took a lot of things to heart. Yeah, the one night you could have worn an awesome hat to cover it up. It's true. It's true. And one really quick thing Vincent did want us to mention is that for the month of February, if you do want to give the Rage Room a try, you can book online at SaxThriftAvRD.com, use the code ODEAR, and get $10 off uh, whatever Rage Room package you pick. So if you haven't tried it yet, or even if you have, there's a great way to go do it again or do it for the first time and save some money. So huge thank you again to, to Vincent for that interview and again for for joining us as a partner as well. You know, we did the Rage Room. We worked with him a little bit too during the Treasure Hunt, but now officially a partner. And and again, we, we don't know what the interview was about. I'm hoping co-worker Aaron was a part of it. And I'm hoping that the two of them had to sit down and talk about their really weird, awkward encounter. But again, just a, a really cool business. I don't know. I think everyone's been there now and, and checked it out. But uh, again, that's uh, a cool story behind it. And I think it's something that adds to the charm of not just downtown Red Deer, but but Red Deer in general. I know, uh, I know last time we were there, we may have even talked about it in one of our previous episodes. But Kevin, if you remember last time we were there, they had that really, really cool leather jacket with the Tasmanian devil on the back. And it was such a perfect fit for you. And if it's still there, man, I, I think you should nab that thing up. It's still there. I've, yeah, I've thought about that jacket a few times. Not <laughs> even like, I think it's uh collector's, like, I, I think that's an investment. Yeah. I could make money off that coat if I oh, kept yeah, it. The value is only going to go up. Then you just stuff it in the closet. I don't know where that thing. You take a picture of it and then turn it into an NFT. <laughs> oh, I want to talk about those a bit later. But anyways, I, I do think you should buy that jacket too, because even if you just wear it, that's a great investment because you can't put a price on looking like the most badass dude in Red Deer. It's true. What was what was Taz's saying or slogan? Did he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could just walk around doing that. <laughs> well, I thought Andrew jacket. was doing another ad read. Oh. <laughs> Did you donate yet? (laughs) (laughs) My sponsorship renewal just went down in price. (laughs) 
But again, you know, I urge everyone to go check it out. You know, it's a really cool vintage store, tons of records too. So if you are into that music scene, and I just like what he's trying to create, he's trying to create a, a culture and, uh, you know, a place where people can go hang out and that and, and add a little culture to the city. And I, I don't think we need to talk about the Rage Room anymore because we have before, but that's, people still don't really know that we have that in Red Deer and it's pretty incredible. So again, thank you to Vincent. And uh, I know I'm sure we'll all be back there many times in the Rage Room. Well said. Well said, Ked. Okay, so now on to, uh, we'll see how brief we can keep this, but we, for our Tourism Red Deer Spotlight, this is just a couple days ago now, we had a, a really fun Sunday, thanks to Sunsport Recreation, who of course, back on Lund's birthday, let us take the boat out. That was what, in June? Yeah, June 8th, for those of you keeping score at home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Another birthday shout out. <laughs> <laughs> It was actually, I think it was warmer when we were out on the ice, ice fishing than it was that day on the boat. But, you know, Sunsport Recreation has these, I think they have up to five now, uh, ice fishing shacks that you can rent for the day. You can rent for four hours, eight hours, or even overnight. And, you know, we all went out there as a group. And uh, on a Sunday afternoon, it was a little windy, but a pretty nice day. And it's it's a cool setup out there and a, a great, great way to spend an afternoon, especially if you're not like an avid ice fisher and just want to go and, and just hang out with your friends and, and hang out for a little while. I think that's one of the coolest parts about their shacks is it's kind of all inclusive. So you don't have to be this avid fisherman with all the equipment, thousands of dollars of rods and lures and baits and ice augers and the list goes on of what you need to actually ice fish another thing that they have out there aside from the shacks is a barrel sauna uh, that's wood fueled. So they have all the, the little kindling and the wood kind of, you know, spliced up. And it's also one of those old school saunas where it's got all the big rocks that you can dump the water on. So they give you a bucket with water. Uh, don't put the lake water on the rocks. Cause I was about to do that. And then our good friend, Dave, who was there, thank God. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> DIY Dave. He's an outdoorsman. And, uh, anyways, um, the sauna was great. I, I'm a big sauna guy. So it was very spacious. I think we probably could have fit four guys in there four four fully grown men yes yeah, yeah probably four people probably like four six, people six kids it's, it was a great experience it's just you know one of those kind of canadian things like you know my wife was out there with her kids and then they're leaving and i'm like well we might go in the sauna and she's like well like where are you going to change and what are you talking about like we're just going <laughs> to go in our boxers and walk across the lake in our boxers and get in the sauna so uh, it's just kind of one of those cool canadian things that uh yeah it was it was just a great way to end the day yeah and i've never been in like a wood-fired sauna before either which which i thought was pretty cool and yeah it was you know people i, I thought was cool and, and a, a big part of it too is because it's sylvan lake you know and it's not even far from the shore people came and went people came at different times right there was just a, a couple of us uh that stayed later too which uh which i think is is a lot of fun so we had the kids there and i will say you know as chaotic as having six kids running around and stuff i'll say the kids were really well behaved too and were awesome and i you guys could speak to this but i think it looked like they had a lot of fun too yeah i think just give them a hot dog and a some snow to throw around and they all know each other pretty good so they're friends and are able to actually play around together they have that mobile or uh, motorized gt which i thought was pretty cool that all the kids went for rips with mom and dad on so when you have stuff like that and and people around and a fire going and a little shack that they're you know it's brand new and none of them have really been fishing ice fishing before so well i guess riley's kids had but something new easy to behave when when you're in that scenario i think yeah like our kids were not big 
outdoors people like like that of fishing and hunting and all that stuff but you know i think all the kids were really excited just to at the chance to even catch a fish and they were constantly i mean you can just leave the rods right and go do your own thing but they were constantly all running over checking the lines you know looking down the holes and stuff and so um they had a great time i think uh if someone you know if you're a family out there that's looking for something to do um this is a great kind of like turnkey solution like hey we want to go ice fishing we we don't know how to do it these guys will you know sunsport will set it up for you and teach you how to do it and it's it ends up being a great afternoon or day or whatever for the family so and we caught one yeah that's when the tide really turned uh you were you're like you were screaming oh my god i got one i got one i was pretty sure you were just full of it and you were just joking <laughs> for the kids sake and then everyone just rushed rushed into the shack and all the kids were just all into it and you pulled that that sucker out of the hole and the, all their eyes just lit up so thank god you caught one because now i think they're going to want to come back and go ice fishing again later this year or, or or next year so i've been ice fishing probably probably go once or twice a year and i rarely <laughs> catch anything so w- one of the cool things they had out there was a, a uh, underwater fish camera so you could at least see if there were fish near which when you're not getting getting any bites it's it's helpful to know that you're at least close so uh good for you for catching one i wasn't as lucky well no one else was as lucky and uh i think that's a, a memory you'll you'll have with your kids for for the rest of your life oh yeah my daughter keeps telling me that was a huge fish you caught i was a little bit scared to touch it <laughs> she tells me that every day she goes brooke touched it addison touched it and she just keeps going on and I on didn't. and ted, ted wouldn't touch nope. it but but talk about your experience staying overnight because you can stay overnight. Yeah. So there's two things I just want to talk about because you have the underwater camera, which of course is better during the day. But we're showing all the kids during the day, like it was kind of dark. If you turn the lights off in the cabin, like look down the hole, you could see all the way down because it's so bright. And it was like, I don't know, 7.38 at night and Walsh turns off the lights on all of us. Like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, oh, I wanted to see down the hole. It's like, well, no, you need sunlight still for that. <laughs> and they, then- <laughs> They were glowing so green before i was like i just thought they'd chuck so glow sticks down that's why it was good we had diy dave and and our other friend too riley Kloss, who is another outdoors like, quite the uh, quite the woodsman yeah there as well and two really great kevin walsh moments because not long after that he thinks oh i'm gonna fish from the top bunk there's bunk beds in this this one we were at and goes up there and starts and all of a sudden and i kind of just see out of the corner of my eye his rod bend and i'm like oh my god he caught one and he's for you guys guys i got one and lunge underneath pulling on the string making him him think that he caught a fish he got me yeah and then we tried to reenact it and it wasn't it's it's not it's never the same the second time i really thought i had one big one (laughs) so so those i mean mean, and that's that's what's awesome about stuff like that right is is just getting to go out and do those hey what do we do on this podcast we go and have fun with our friends and none of us really knew what we were doing so just to, to hang out, have a, a couple rods there uh, with the lines in. And uh, yeah, so Riley and I ended up staying overnight, which was really cool. This one had four bunks, which I think can fit up to six people because uh, the bottom one's like a futon, so it pulls out. And uh, um, so we, you know, it's nice too because not everyone stayed obviously but you want to have a couple more beers or, or anything like that and, and do a little night fishing too it, it's great and it's uh it's pretty affordable 
uh, no matter which way you choose to go with it. But, you know, midnight, we, we thought we caught a fish was was pretty fun, but it, it took the bait and got away. But really cozy in there. You know, they, they have Wi-Fi and all that. It's obviously, you know, solar powered. So you have electricity in there, a propane heater, like really everything you need. And it was really, yeah, it was nice and comfortable. Uh, had a great sleep. So really, you know, everyone kind of had a, a different experience too doing that. But yeah, the nice thing too is because it's Sylvan Lake, we woke up early, got home, both made it to work on time still, right? So that that's another plus to have something like that. Well, if you live in Red Deer a half hour away, maybe you do already li- live in Sylvan or anything like that. But yeah, so going back to it too, it's 150 bucks to rent the shack for four hours, 250 for eight hours, and 350 for the overnight, which gets you 1 p.m. to 11 a.m. the next day. So, you know, and 50 bucks more for the full package, which is like the rods, the bait, the outdoor fire pit, everything. So if you're talking about 400 bucks for four guys to fish all day, stay the night, I think the sauna is another like 89 bucks for an hour. So even then, if you're just looking for a one night getaway close to home, right, easy to get back if if you need to for any reason, that is a a pretty affordable little adventure for like for the four of us. When When else would we go ice fishing? Like just the four of us. That's insane pricing. To be honest, I thought it was way more than that. And I yeah, hadn't I really looked before. into it. That is extremely affordable, especially for the non-avid fisherman that just wants to once a year. It's kind of like the once a year golfer, right? Like you, you don't want to have these nice fancy clubs to golf once a year. You don't have to have all this fancy fishing equipment to, to fish once a year. Just go to Sunsport. Or you don't have to wait for Riley or or DIY Dave to invite you ice fishing either. But again, a huge thank you to those two because I know right from us to the kids too, they really helped make the experience too. And of course, everyone at Sunsport was so great. A big shout out to Chris who, you know, I think really really gave us the VIP treatment and we can debate whether we deserve that or not. But, you know, we got to try out that uh, little, I guess, motorized GT is the best way to to put it and that and made sure we had everything we need. So yeah, not a lot of time too, because you, you never, know when it can when it can warm up again but man they're they're not going anywhere so even if you're thinking next winter already like book it it's awesome whether you want to do the half a day full day overnight uh, make sure you check it out and they do snowshoe rentals too for the winter so there's a a lot of things you can do but i think again we can't thank sunsport enough just another uh really cool adventure for us and you know and and again i I really like any time we can get the families involved as chaotic as it it can get sometimes i think it's really nice to be able to to share that and i i I loved watching the kids have a, a great time. One thing I'll, I'll add, Ted, is even though the, the shacks only sleep sleep up to four people, they actually have three separate shacks around there. So if you do have a larger group, sorry, they have five shacks, but, yeah. but three of them do, do have the overnight beds in them or futons in them. So if you do have a larger group, you can probably book as many as you, you can get your hands on and then have up to 12 guys or 12 people stay overnight. So you could really have a have a party out there on the on the ice, which I'd highly recommend if, if it's something you've never done before, as long as it's not minus minus 40 outside. So um, I had a blast. I know everyone I've talked to that was there had fun. So I would, that's something I would definitely do again. It's, but the, the, the biggest thing for me is you just kind of show up. You don't really have to plan a whole lot or bring a whole lot because they provide the fishing rod, they provide the bait. Uh, you got to bring your own food and, and, and booze if you're if you're drinking but other than that you're you're good to go see and i minus 40 you can still do it there's four holes inside the shack with some nice propane heaters so yeah it really is a is an adventure that you could book in advance and not worry about weather that's true yeah for sure dress for it it really it's just wind 
right? It could be minus 40. And if there's no wind, it's not that bad too. Now out on the lake, you're probably always going to have it. But even then there was points where it got a little cold, the kids, whoever could go in the shack and warm up. And a shout out to Riley, again, from Communal Creative Studios, who had the camera out the whole time, was filming stuff. And of course, the five minutes, not even five minutes, we finally convinced him to put the camera down to have something to eat. Dustin caught a fish. So, of course, I think we needed Riley to... Maybe if Riley ate 10 hot dogs, we would add 10 fish, but... Yeah, and Dustin, how big was that fish you caught? I, I don't fish a ton, but, like, the thing was pretty fat. Yeah, it was, like, 20 pounds, probably. Yeah, yeah. probably, like, four, four and a half feet. Yeah, it was huge. It was yeah. 20 pounds the same way Ryan Lund is 172. It, it, was, big, it, yeah. was, it was big enough It was big enough for us to, to eat. We threw it back, thinking that we were going to catch 100 more. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it turns did. out catching one is, like, actually... A, I yeah. guess ice fishing is more for the sitting around than it is the catching fish. They don't call it ice catching. That's, that's a good, <laughs> that's, that's a very right. good point. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, that's kind of, it's like, I've been ice fishing a lot in the past and I've go- come away empty handed so many times. So it just makes it so much sweeter when you do actually physically catch a fish. So I, I was, I was jacked when you pulled yeah. that. So was I, and I had a rod in my hand for maybe two minutes the yeah. entire time I was there. Brooke, <laughs> poor Brooklyn, Kevin's daughter. She was manning this fish hole inside the shack almost the whole time and and they went out to play for i don't know two minutes mm-hmm. she comes back in and she goes that was my hole <laughs> <laughs> she did catch one though yeah she yeah. and dustin and i really beefed it you know it was one that was kind of under on the an ice. angle under the ice and we tried to force it too much and the line snapped so we'll uh that's our whoopsie but I, she still caught one we'll yeah. never take that away from her and uh yeah i think one one last thing i want to add that was really cool about st- staying overnight and wall even or just when you're there when it's dark if you can go in december or january it was really cool to look back to the shore and have all the christmas lights like the lighthouse was all lit up it was just a a, kind of a really cool scene too so yeah and if you're worried about missing the football game or the hockey game just bring bring wi-fi yeah they got wi-fi so just bring out your phone or laptop and you're good to go all right well Again, I think you could tell by the length of this tourism spotlight how great of a time we had. So, one more time, thank you, Sunsport Recreation. You can go to sunsportrentals.com to get all the information there. So, with that, again, going a little long, but we're really going to quickly hit on this because we have a couple things to talk about again. So, we're going to move into shooting the breeze. Shooting the breeze. Shooting the Breeze is brought to you by Rob Ray Clothiers, Red Deer's premium menswear store located in the East Hill Shopping Center. Rob Ray is known for their suits. Whether it be a wedding this spring or summer, graduation or work, we have suits that will have you looking and feeling great. Our in-house expert and tailor will ensure your suit fits the way it should. Rob Ray has many options from made-to-measure custom to off-the-rack and various price points for any gentleman. Also, come check out Rob Ray's year-end clearance sale happening now as they make room for new spring inventory. So... First thing we want to talk about is Dustin. How is, uh, you don't have to really give us too many spoilers. Don't tell us what you're singing or anything, but how is preparations going for your big musical debut? Uh, if you can answer in Spanish, please. See, <laughs> si. How's it going? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it's a lot harder than I initially envisioned. It's It's been tough. I, I text Ted, I think about a week ago and said, you know, I'll be ready for tonight, a recording, because it was going well. And the chorus in the song, and I think probably just typical to memorizing other songs, is a lot easier than learning the words in the other parts. I don't know what the other parts of the song are called, but verses? Yeah. Okay. 
that's it's, it's been a lot harder than I thought. I, I've downloaded the Spanish version of of the song I'm singing on Apple Music, and it's on all the time at my house when I'm in the shower. <laughs> Brain's gonna be able to sing it before yeah, you. <laughs> it's 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 hard. I think I'm going to be able to do it and I won't give any spoilers to how we're going to do this on our social media and stuff, but you know what? I, I think I'm going to be able to do it. I, I have a Spanish cousin. Cousin. Oh, is cousin. That, is that the Spanish word? No. For cousin? No. <laughs> that I've reached out to and, and asked for help too. So. so, are you able to tell us what song you're singing? Dustin did tell me what it was and when I looked up and watched it on YouTube in Spanish, I was howling just picturing him not only actually having to sing it, but just sitting there trying to to learn it so i think i think you should give us a a little bit of a sneak preview maybe somehow without giving too much away but i'm just so looking forward to watching someone else do this shit again i'm not gonna lie it's been a fun one like yeah. i will admit yeah i'm looking forward to it we'll see how it goes i i, don't, I really don't know which way it's gonna go you're but. probably just looking forward to, to getting it over and done with yeah i mean it's been kind of fun just to put on in the background and just i have it printed off on a sheet of paper but it's just hard to understand the words to be honest and and the actual pronunciations of the words so i don't know we'll see I will say I left that night after Spin Diesel and I, I searched Span or English songs in Spanish. <laughs> you texted me like 1 a.m. But I think I found my song. Yeah. And, and so I was just going through like the top kind of listings and I was down to two or three and I was like, well, how do I not do this one song? Like I, I got to <laughs> do it and I got to do it right. My favorite part is that you're going to actually be know all these Spanish words, but you're not going to know what 90% of them actually mean in English. You're just going to know. 98%. 98, yeah. yeah. That's just, that's hilarious to me because <laughs> I, I don't think, I wouldn't take the time to like learn oh, what I'm saying I either. That's, you just have to sell it. I will. Yeah, you're pretty yeah. good at bullshit. Bull yeah. <laughs> so, there we go. There's an update on that. So, hopefully next time we're in here sometime around there, you have till, I want to say we said like February 19th, you said Valentine's Day. So, right around in there. Um, One other thing I want to talk about quickly because it's... uh. <laughs> I don't know, just the, the hijinks we get into. We we got invited to a, a first birthday party and we <laughs> unfortunately might get invited to a couple more. We have Sesame Street costumes. <laughs> Apparently and, we do kids' birthdays and they're now. Not, and they're not costumes per se. They're legit mascots that we wore to the waste management that we talked about way back when on the podcast. But we did we had you guys dress up for my daughter's first birthday who absolutely hated it. I think she turned two, but was what it, do I know? I'm not her, her dad. Second birthday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was her yeah. second birthday. Okay. <laughs> Getting things confused now. <laughs> so our good friend Ian and Katie invited us to their first, their daughter's first birthday. And what happened? Give like let's give the viewers a little insight of what <laughs> what happened with Bert and Ernie. Well, I mean, going back again with Bryn, like she, I think she enjoyed it, but was terrified when we were there. Um, first of all, Ian, thank you for inviting us. Not the day after our 27 hole, 12 hour golf tournament when it was 30 degrees. That was nice and in, in much better shape there. But of course, London and I were Bert and Ernie and we go in and, and their daughter, Dusty, you were Elmo. And like, she loves Sesame Street, has an Elmo costume. So she reacted great to it. She loved it. But there was this one little punk and man, like... I could have sworn he would, first thing he says is looks at us and goes, I'm five years old. I'm too old for Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this is like one of those kids that's way too smart for our own good. And he just started ripping us apart. It's like, man, I'm just here trying to make zero dollars, trying to entertain at a birthday party. And he's tearing us apart. And he looks at me, I don't, Lund has the Ernie gloves. I have nothing. He goes, these guys aren't real. They have human hands. <laughs> 
why do you have a watch? Bert doesn't need a watch. <laughs> like, yes. To be fair, he was making a lot of good points. Yeah, he would like yeah. he was he exposed. I think that's why I was upset because he just exposed us for being not very good children's entertainers. Their daughter was so happy with Elmo, right? So I was kind of preoccupied with having so much fun with her. And then I gave her back and he comes over to me and goes, what do you got a zipper on, man? You got a zipper on your front. And I was like, what? And he started pushing me and he was pushing me into the corner. My head's bouncing off their lamp in the corner. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, go check if Bert's real. And he walks over to Bert and kicks Lund right in the shit. The one was Ernie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did he kick you or stomp on stomp your foot? On yeah. Your foot or so first time he said, no, I, I've seen Sesame. You're too tall to be Ernie. And I said, oh, I had a growth spurt. And he says, those aren't even your real feet. And then started stomping on my feet. So I pretended like, I pretended and like my feet were hurting and then the best part was it was time for pictures and he was saying I'm never ever taking a picture with Sesame Street for the rest of my life and then for, for, for like the next 10 minutes we tried to get a photo with him but he he wasn't having any of it like it was it was super entertaining and he was he was being a little punk but it was still really funny yeah. and all the parents and everyone there had a great time and I uh, I mean we're never going to forget that no. so and like, I do understand that a five year old is a five year old like I'm not like that that's the worst kid in the world. It just was hilarious because honestly, I was probably that kid. Probably three of the four of us here were probably that kid. I just didn't have a lot of rebuttal for all of his good At least you had the full questions. costume. Yeah, at least, I didn't, at least I didn't have stupid human hands. I never thought someone telling me I had human hands would hurt my feelings yeah. so much. Yeah. But it did. Yeah. I remember he said, if you guys come near me for a picture, I'm going to do this and just start like karate <laughs> kicking the air. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll just wait till he turns six and maybe he'll change yeah. his mind. I, I do want to show up at his birthday with not human hands. He didn't want to take any of your shit? Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> like none of it. No. <laughs> but you know what? It, it was fun. Now, I, I, now, do we want to have a career as children party entertainers? Absolutely not. Uh, lots of respect to anyone who does because we really, what, after 10 minutes, look how traumatized I was. So, uh, but you know what? It was fun to get in, invited to go do that. And I think to make, you know, the family's day and a little one-year-old who I was expecting a full-on cry. And it, it was pretty awesome. Now, in saying that... We'd do it again. Yeah, a couple, couple beers and football in the if, basement after. If there's, yeah. some, if there's some like podcast listeners that their kids are diehard Sesame Street people, we'd do it. Hey, my kid's turning five this year. So. Oh, no, not another five-year-old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those those costumes are the gift that keeps on giving. So, yeah, maybe that might not be nearly as funny for everyone else as it was for us, but that's shooting the breeze. <laughs> Shooting the breeze. I forgot that was a real segment. <laughs> you guys were just randomly talking. Yeah, it's both. I mean, that's what the segment that's is. What all our segments yeah. are. Sure. <laughs> so uh, as we as we go into a, a bit of a beer break here, of course, it's time to, to thank Doortender again. And uh, did something a little different this time because they actually have it's a thing. It's called RTD, the Ready to Drink Cocktails, which. I quote, are the seltzer of 2022, meaning they're going to be kind of the new popular thing. So they actually, they brought in seven new RTDs. Uh, Dustin was uh, was smart enough. He ordered, I think, all of them or most of them tonight. You got most of them. And the one, obviously, because I, Bob McKenzie, both 
just you know as a hockey fan as a failed broadcaster is a legend so the bobby margarita that we, we've seen a lot about his kind of signature whoa drink. whoa whoa i'm sorry but failed broadcaster ted is not bob no me oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, was, I was confused yeah too. no i'm saying me as a hockey fan and oh, as I'm a failed sorry, broadcaster oh. i thought you were you, right to question that i yeah. thought you were making fun of the bob father no. as he's called but anyways We've got the Bobby Margaritas, which, you know, are really good. Been been waiting to try those. And uh, I think, Lund, you've got the Mojito. And again, you know, I think this would be more of a summer drink, but it's middle of January and I'm enjoying it. And I guess I'm not going to get to enjoy it for another month again. But make sure you check those out too. Yeah, Dustin, thanks for uh, thanks for picking up on that and, and ordering these because kind of a nice change, honestly, too, from beer. Yeah, they, they have a bunch of different ones. I know, Teddy, you're a huge fan of mojitos, so I wanted to get one of those. I got some tequilas, some RTD tequilas, which I haven't tried yet personally, but I know Ryan Riley have one right now. The Mike and Steve Caesars, I believe. And what was the last one I got? Well, I guess we'll go find out yeah, during we'll the break. Can you, uh, so on the app, can you just search RTDs or ready to drink? It's under the seltzers and coolers yeah. tab. It's so, so like uh, Brian from Doortender sent me, they have like a blog post all about it too. By the way, for those who like RTD means ready to drink. I don't know if I explained that. Somebody already did. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it, and it's again, you know, just a nice change and they still have their Doortender rewards going on, which I think is always a thing. So every time buy anything on Doortender, I'll never forget. Brian said it's a very aggressive reward system too. And you know what? You, you earn points and you get gift cards in return and, and keep ordering. So thank you again to Doortender. Uh, it was nice to try these tonight. And again, uh, cheers to Bobby Margarita, who is not a failed broadcaster. Or, well, Bob McKenzie is. Bobby Margarita is not a person. <laughs> <laughs> Just a green can. <laughs> As we roll along, and of course, we have the exact right person here to do this next ad read because we're going to go into a deer call and Andrew is going to read an ad that he wrote all by himself. Oh. Deer Call is brought to you by me, Andrew Russell, otherwise known as Ted Emmett's, Ted Emmett's number one fan, <laughs> because he's better at me at both writing ads and having a beard. My displeasure in this ad reading is, is high. My your number one goal so is to help you buy or sell your home, but we're also all about supporting local, which is why we're proud to announce a $20,000 donation to the Odier podcast. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh. Thanks, man. On top of my sponsorship renewal, because they are the coolest guys I know, they're probably very good at hopscotch. <laughs> hopscotch. Oh, no. Do you tell them Lundy sent you? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was the end. Yeah, I, yeah, thought yeah, just, I thought you wanted me to make a hopscotch sound. I'm like, what does a hopscotch sound like? <laughs> and tell them Lundy sent you. <laughs> How are three fat guys good at hopscotch? <laughs> Hard work, practice, and uh, determination. Determination. Because yes. you, you come down, you come down to earth quicker, so you get. Gravity. Yeah, I mean, really, okay. you only got to get over the yeah. chalk line. Andrew. I don't know. You're the one who wrote that, so don't ask us. I I will donate twenty thousand dollars <laughs> to this podcast if each of you buys five houses uh, in the next year. I've yeah. never been a real good mathematician, but I'm not. I don't think that's a good deal. Oh, I could flip them. There's a business proposition Uh, here. Lundy's thinking about it. Andrew, would you like to, because this this might be your last official, at least Deer Call sponsorship. We might move into something new with you. So we will give you a chance for like a a real ad or do you have anything you want to add? To the ad. Well, I don't know if I can top uh, that gem that I I clearly wrote. Um, (laughs) somebody, Somebody should just come and buy a house from me. 
so that you can hang out with the Odier podcast because that would be worth it. I'm still impressed you came up with a sound <laughs> for, <laughs> for hopscotch. <laughs> well, I didn't know what he wanted out of me. No, well, that's fair. I just I didn't want to. Yeah, I was trying to cue Lund for <laughs> to cue Lund to say and tell him what he said. I just didn't know that was the end of the ad read. I was I was on my toes just waiting to figure out what else Andrew wrote down. So hey, but Andrew, since you're here and you, we know you're going to work with us again, or we hope we would like too i know you like hanging out here and stuff too but thank you again we thanked you a couple episodes ago uh for your support coming in and filling in as well and uh i think just i think now the bus benches should just say you should come buy a house from me that's all your that's all your slogan should be please i would respect that so much because that is a guy no bullshit no dicks drawn on his face i'm in you should just have bus benches with dicks already drawn in your face and then that way <laughs> that way the vandalizers won't be able to do anything <laughs> Well, Leave. nobody would forget about them. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Then you can stop paying Strybosh. Yeah, some real, <laughs> some real veiny bastards, dude. <laughs> hey, that is a this is going to be a perfect transition into talking about our favorite childhood toy. <laughs> uh, and that that was that was the latest deer call. So we'll get right into it. We love the nostalgia. This is going to be a fun one because even just reading these really, really gets the memory going. Uh, Mike said moon shoes, which uh, you remember they were kind of like, they're like purple and like, I don't know, six inches of plastic and they're kind of springy on the top. So when you walked, it was supposed to simulate like walking on the moon. They're like no, little no. trampolines for your feet. Yeah. yeah. That's the best way to describe it. Did they actually work? I always wondered that as a kid. I thought they were cool, but I was like, there's no way those actually Depends work. how much sweets you ate as a kid, I would think. Probably had you know, to be on a They'd make you really good at hopscotch. I do. I, yeah, <laughs> they would too. I, I do remember, like they were a little bit, but like you, I know like at the gym and stuff now, they have like really good ones like that, that I don't know, you you might have seen them too, right? People running on them, but uh, they were whatever. They're like most of these toys. They were way better. The commercial was 10 times better than the actual product. Yeah. I just stuck with those light up sneakers. Uh, I, you're wearing some now. Yeah. Yeah. With Velcro. <laughs> That's how we could see in the fishing hole. Lund was just walking around. Running around. <laughs> those are still a thing. My kids have those. They think they're cool. Yeah, I believe it. I think they're cool too. Yeah. So, Keith said creepy crawlers. You remember Remember those? What a pointless thing that was. That was, was like the one where you made oven. them. Yeah. yeah. But, but Dr. You, Dreadful. Well, Dr. Dreadful you could eat. Uh, that's what I couldn't remember what it was called. So, thank you. But creepy crawlers was like, if you ate it, you're going to have diarrhea. Maybe other stuff too. But because they, you just literally like made, put the stuff in, made your creepy crawlies and then they did nothing. Was it like an actual food or was it supposed to just be like on display? The creepy crawlers were like on display. Dr. Dreadful was like the food one, I think. Yeah, you could eat. It was like the guy, back in the day, the guy version of like the Easy Bake Oven. I always wanted an Easy Bake Oven growing up. (laughs) They were way cooler than Yeah, I just wanted to bake cookies or cakes all day. Well, and see that... That is what Kelsey said was easy bake oven. But man, you have a job. Go buy one. I have a real oven too now. Yeah, but <laughs> is, it, is it an easy bake oven? <laughs> no, it's not easy. Well, I have an air fryer now, which is basically like an easy bake yeah. oven. So, so I do have one. Having an air fryer makes you an adult. Yeah. Talking about it makes you annoying. So you hit both on on both of those. <laughs> but yeah, the the easy bake oven, the Doctor Dreadful, like those were all actually pretty fun toy but yeah you're waiting for a light bulb to cook something that's that's patience there's just a couple like eric said the teenage mutant ninja turtle action figures alex and brad said gi joe jeremy said the he-man toys uh riley said micro machines so all like the action figures and stuff obviously i'm gonna hit you with a funny story here 
I know okay, you hold on. Don't, you guys probably don't want it, but I'm going to give it to you. So the WWF figurines were huge back in our day uh, as we talk about, you know, the figurines. And I had a wrestling ring, like the all the guys. And I, I think I was maybe five or six. And my mom took me to Sears. You've and told this story on this podcast no way. before. Really? Yeah. And you punched around a guy like- I have CT. In the balls. Yeah. CT. You said, finishing move. I think yeah. I think it was finishing our first move. first or second it was, episode. It was an early episode. Yeah. No, no. Well, we're going to keep your CT in here. We'll get rid of that CT. A good story, you. man. It was I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's funny, yeah. but I remember like all of those. I think the toys. I just already said this were okay. It's the commercials that I remember, like watching YTV. Commercials made everything look so awesome. Hey, what are you kids doing? Getting into trouble? <laughs> it's fun getting into trouble. <laughs> yeah. Can you do a voiceover for a hopscotch commercial? Yeah, I probably could. Um, Ashley said doodle bear or water baby. I don't know what the water be. I remember the doodle bear. You could just write all over it, wash it. And again, all these toys are like minutes of fun. Is that like a whiteboard? Yes, but it's a bear. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Okay. So I can tell you the water baby, we still have it. Ashley's original water baby for Bryn. And you take it in the bathtub and the head pops off and empties. Oh, great. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's just... And terrifying yeah, I was going to say, how traumatizing. Good thing you held on to that thing. Uh, Ashley and Justine also said Polly Pockets, which, and I remember Mighty Max, right? They were kind of the, the same thing. Like, let's just pay more for toys that are smaller and easier to lose. My girl still, Polly Pocket's still a thing. There's a TV show. Yeah, they're still making toys. So, so refresh me on what a Polly Pocket is because I it's, can't remember. It's like a mini version of a girl. Like that's Polly. She can fit in your pocket. But they come with like these little play sets that are like the size of your hands. Yeah, you can uh, kind of open them up and it's just like a mini action figure. Yeah, you don't, doll, you never had a Mighty like, Max? Like Mighty no? Max was the same thing, just like little yeah. mini. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, this is a, I, I, I assume this is not their real name and this is a social media name. Baxtasaurus Rex said maybe the most god awful, annoying toy of all time. Can you guess the world's most annoying and at one time popular toy? Mm. Uh, Furby. Yeah. Why the fuck were those so popular? It's the same as a Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. Like, same thing. <laughs> so through high school and stuff, I worked at Toys R Us at Bower Mall and uh, I was working the Christmas when Tickle Me Elmo came out yeah. and it was fucking pandemonium for like <laughs> three months and we were getting shipments like every few days and these things like people were lined up outside the store waiting <laughs> to get this tickle me elmo like did it ever cross your mind to just buy some and then like sell them on the black market no because this was like 2002 so like i was still on dial up <laughs> so <laughs> there was no oh, amazon or well, the black market or... was just like the back alley or the parking lot yeah. at that time so my dad did do that yeah yes okay yeah i could see I could he see bought doing that. a pool <laughs> <laughs> 50 tickle me elmos and at just, that time yeah and then really just forgot about them. So now Bryn, <laughs> all the cousins have Tickle Me Elmo's <laughs> and it drives me nuts. So thanks, your, Graham. Your dad must have the creepiest basement of well, all Well, I think time. he got rid of yeah. most of them, but now all the cousins have a Tickle oh. Me Elmo. But that that happens every year. What was the latest craze? Like the, what were the stupid, Andrew, you might know your kid, like the Eggamoles or whatever they were called. They're like- Hatchimals. I went a little too literal, but yeah, the Hatchimals. Yeah. Remember how the pandemonium over those? That, like, that, it's just an advanced Furby that yeah. the egg like cracks when they it's those furbies stupid. though like i know i'm gonna see a couple of those in hell those things were creepy and weird and stared right into your soul they looked kind of like gremlins yeah like that movie which is a good movie I haven't seen that in a long time <laughs> <laughs> um baxter rex Lindsay, and ashley all said pogs 
my absolute yeah. favorite. I don't know about you guys. But. We would play that game at recess in elementary school. How many fights? Like tons oh, yeah. of fights. Oh, yeah. My school, everything got banned. Pogs got banned. Yeah. Pokemon cards, Marvel cards, like Yu-Gi-Oh. What was it? a Beyblade? Crazy Bones? Like all of those. You lose your favorite Slammer? Oh, oh your, your week was ruined. The Slammer was, that's your whole game. And then you would get a hologram Slammer and you'd be the coolest kid in class. Or like the triple Slammer with the yeah. finger indents? Yeah. Yeah, like one side was metal and one side was like jelly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just <laughs> I don't know if I read that yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> I think that. Your slammer is maybe just in your jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, either way, that's I, where I, I won. Yeah. So are we, I guess it sounds like we're going to play Pogs one day. Yeah. We, we've talked about this before too. Yeah. yeah. We, talk, we yeah. should have a Pog tournament. Probably the same. I think it's, like, that would be expensive. I think it was the same episode that we, Dustin told his yeah. Sears story yeah. for the first time. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> that, I guess. And at our Pog tournament, everyone's got to show up in their fanny pack and their bright colored clothes. Just we'll do a retro weekend. I think, uh, I think I could clean up too. I haven't played in a while, but... Well, that's good. You don't want to leave them all laying out when we're done. <laughs> so <laughs> so thanks for volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to buy us some Pogs. Okay. How do you guys like that? Just like... Oh, I thought you were just between us, but No, between us five, we'll have a little, you know, us four. We'll, we'll all start with a certain amount and then... Maybe, may, yeah, maybe we'll just do it at our next recording. I'm going to order them. As I looked into it, actually, you can order them. <laughs> okay. I won't stop you. Are they official Pogs or just like the cheap knockoffs? No, they're official and they're sweet slammers too. Oh. Yeah, I'm in. And... Baxasaurus Rex and Lindsay also said Tamagotchi, which I remember that like the Nano Pets Digimon, like like yeah, kind of, the, I think I had all of those. Tamagotchi was the original, the OG. <laughs> yeah, I never really got into it. I think I had one, then it died, and then I was over it. I, I yeah, I had one for a, quite a while. It was good times. So what what happened when it died? Like you could just reset, you'd have to reset right? it, and yeah. you'd have a little ceremony. And I just remember like for some like they were just always like for for how bad the graphics were, they put a lot of work into the pile of shit that it would leave. Like that was the best graphics oh, on the yeah. whole thing. It had it had the steam line the stink lines <laughs> and like is animated oh the, and the other thing's just pile. it's just a circle oh yeah i wasn't calling it like it, it it poops and then the poop was all detailed and it's just like a circle with two eyes they spent all their time on the poop how come nobody brought up like video games oh we're, we're getting there <laughs> yeah shut up andrew <laughs> <laughs> i'm segueing quit blocking you know him what? andrew because it, it actually is literally next on the list because as right now ryan is in there playing legend of zelda ocarina of time on his nintendo switch so Lindsay said sega david said super nintendo you know all of all of those gaming consoles maybe maybe a little stretch to call it a toy because it's like it's kind of advanced and anyone who wasn't raised on sega or or Nintendo or anything like that is, uh, well, I mean, you're just fine, but it was fun having those things. You know, I think people our age are, if you're a gamer, you're pretty lucky because we basically, you know, ran the gamut in terms of from the original Nintendo, which was like mid to late 80s, kind of when we were all born. And then you went to Sega, Super Nintendo. And Sega and Saturn. I mean, obviously, well, yeah, but like N64, I re like that was a huge deal. Yeah, when the N64 mm, that was quite a jump. Out. Quite a jump from and 2D then, to 3D. And then 3D. Xbox and PlayStation, you look at it, like Xbox and PlayStation are still around. Uh, and Nintendo, one, of course. The original Xbox isn't like 20 years old now, I saw, or uh, something like that. Like, that sounds, yeah, that, that, that sounds, sounds great. Right? Seven yeah. or eight, yeah, yeah. when yeah. the first one came out. 
But uh, yeah, myself, I, w- I was a big video gamer growing up and, and still am just like a little bit trying to get the kids into it. Great times. And I've gone back on some em- emulators and stuff and tried to play like these old school games. And yeah, it, it's fun. Um, are they not it, as good as you Well, it, no. And like, and then you're comparing it to what video games oh. are now. Like video games now on Xbox or, or PlayStation are incredible graphics, yeah. right? And very lifelike and you go back, but it's still uh, really really fun time to yeah. to go back but to those you, you old appreciate systems. it in a different way like i actually Absolutely. have my i found good news line i actually found my nintendo 64 the other day uh but and i remember like going playing those like donkey kong 64 legend of zelda which the ocarina of time i think is the best video game of all time still but playing those is fun because it's you know like i don't even compare the graphics because they're they're different you know what mm-hmm. you're getting and it's just a, a fun throwback yeah how much time was spent playing either goldeneye on N64 yeah. or Tony Hawk Pro Skater on original PlayStation. Yeah. I, I bet you Andrew was the prick who always chose odd job yeah. too in N64. Yeah, and he would have the, slappers and he would, only. Yeah. And he would have the golden gun too and yeah. just one shot you. Hours, hours spent yeah. playing that yeah. game. What a you know, classic. You know what was better than that game was even Duke Nukem. <laughs> that's a no. com- that's computer game. Yeah. I know, but you got to see video boobs. You got to see boobs. Square boobs. That's exactly where I was going with that. Then, so good d- job. then Dustin's first ever date, he's going like this to try and... <gasps> Ted, these are all wrong. Ted, we can't see what your hands are doing here, man. This yeah, is a podcast. Yeah. I, was, I was getting... I was <laughs> described audio, but it doesn't matter. Do, do you guys... So, I... For some reason, I very vividly remember that the first video game I ever played was like grade one or two, and it was Oregon Trail in the computer lab before school started every day, oh. or sometimes you got to play it in class. You but, f- oh, you would die of dysentery so every often. Every fucking time. Yeah, so it was you don't pretty, remember that game? So, it oh sounds my. like it was pretty accurate then. Yeah. Oh. Everyone died of dysentery back yeah. then. Yeah. So... <laughs> We're going to (laughs) go, this is a real answer. We're going to go from advanced gaming systems to, Logan's just a simple guy. He said his favorite childhood toy was a stick. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? And you know what? And we know which Logan it is. So we know he's not lying, but imagination is number one. I, uh, I agree with him. My, my favorite toy as a child was a ball growing up. He just gave me a tennis ball. Uh, Think of the fun you two could have had together oh with a ball God, and a stick. Oh my God, yeah. Like <laughs> it was, invented baseball. Or hockey or, or, or cricket or yeah, you could play so many games with a ball. So, I, I see exactly where he's coming from. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with him too. Yeah. Camping and stuff, making home run yeah. derbies out of sticks. But even yeah. you, Good job, Logan. you all see with your kids, I see it with my net. The imagination, like some of the mm-hmm. things, it's the same thing, like you can spend a million dollars on dog toys and they play with the box it came in, right? So good for you, Logan, for using your imagination. <laughs> and also maybe sorry if all you had was a stick <laughs> growing up. Um, you, know, you know what nobody mentioned, which was like, and again, a stupid craze was Beanie Babies. To me, that's like what NFTs are now, are just Beanie Babies of 2022. So, in 20 years, they'll be completely worthless. Oh, in like 20 minutes. I don't know, man. Aren't some of those toys like collector items though? I, th- I don't think Beanie Babies are worth anything. Any- they were like for a flash in the I bet you some it. of them were. Like if they're in mint condition, I guarantee you. Yeah. There's some rare ones. Yeah. The same with like Pokemon cards and, and all that. There's some. But I remember that again, the craze around Beanie Babies was wild. And like well, they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. They, had, they were just, they had beans in them. Somebody's genius marketing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. That's all it is. So I will say though, my favorite toy or toys growing up, just again, you know, you got to use your imagination a bit and do whatever you want was not only Lego, but also connects. I think those, man, you'd have a lot of fun with both of those. And 
Surprised nobody mentioned either of those, actually. Yeah, those are both fun. My uh, one that I was surprised wasn't mentioned was those uh, light bright games when you were real young. You remember those are the still song? A thing. My kids still have those. Yeah, we yeah. have one too. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, no, I don't remember the song. There's two words light bright. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like kind of over. It's yeah. kind of like hopscotch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's boots. where you get yeah. your ideas from. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite childhood game, which goes a little bit along with Pogs in the schoolyard, was Marbles. Mm. Do you guys ever play marbles? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You yeah, lost like yours how- a long time ago. Ayo. That's such a bad joke. <laughs> but having your little uh, velvet sack that you carried your, your marbles in. <laughs> oh, and, it sounds so well, weird, but yeah. I had a velvet sack yeah. too. And, then, yeah. and that's where I kept my best marbles. Especially, especially if you played with your marbles before you hit puberty. Everyone yeah. had a velvety sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you'd like bury them in the... All right, good night. Yeah, okay. Hey, Lund, did that chest waxer make your uh, sack velvety? No, she did not. Morzy, though, I'm with you on the marbles. It was so much fun, like, playing in the the playground in the sand, and you'd, like, throw it as hard as you could so you could bury in the sand so they couldn't, like, couldn't hear that whack so they could steal your marble. (laughs) And then it's your turn, and you you shot close to mine, so I'm just going to whack yours now. And, oh, it's so much fun. I'll whack your marbles (laughs) with my sack. Yeah, (laughs) take your velvety sack after, too. I miss the days where like not everything was a sex thing life was yeah. so much easier you know what thinking about it, this is probably how we developed our gambling habits yeah playing <laughs> playing these pogs and marbles oh, yeah. games and and it's all making Roll sense the now. yeah uh, yeah i guess there was no uh board games mentioned hey I guess, no, not really. I guess those are, well, those could toy. be toys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends on the game. Yeah. I mean, like everyone, I'm sure everyone's played Monopoly growing up. Yeah. Well, see, I wouldn't consider that a toy because it doesn't really do anything. But then well, what, like, about mouse ma- trap. what about Mousetrap yeah, or Operation? Like, yeah. Or Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah. I, I would say, well, so yeah, we could, we could go down a rabbit hole. We could go down a big, deep velvet sack. That's not. How about this one? That's not. Yeah. I think I think we did a, did it justice tonight. Yeah. Mine were mentioned Lego, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was a big probably my biggest uh, favorite toy growing up and then uh, actually micro machines and I kind of thought of it right before you someone had mentioned it and um, I'm glad they did because I kind of forgot about it they're awesome Andrews was I was yours like Barbie's dream house or mega mancha or whatever something like he that he had 24 Ken dolls <laughs> Ked dolls I used to love dressing up my Ked dolls <laughs> No, I would say for me, it was, it was anything outside my basketball hoop got like, I wore that, I wore that thing out. My trampoline got worn out. You could probably dunk when you were seven Uh, without the trampoline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, anything that was outside other than that, it was, it was my N64. That was like, that was my most memorable birthday by a mile because I could not believe that my parents bought me an N64. Like that, that system was such a game changer. All right. Well, that wraps up another deer call. And thanks, Andrew, for being here for maybe, who knows, your last sponsorship. This sponsorship placement is now open for new suitors. All right. Now all that's left to do is to move in to Dustin versus Walsh, which we actually have a new part, another new partner for this one. Dustin versus Walsh is brought to you by Alberta Asian Motor Works and Alberta European Motor Works. Family owned and operated for over 20 years, offering dealer level service and programming on all Asian and European vehicles, including oil changes, full tire service, brakes, diagnostics, engine repair, and full maintenance. Head to aamwrd.ca or aemw.ca to learn more and give both a follow on social media. Thank you. I know you guys know uh, Mike Pasman 
you grew up with them. I, I don't, haven't actually met them yet, but thank you again. It's always great when we bring new partners on and just a, another tie, I guess, uh, for you three guys. It's just, again, cool, you know, someone that really just came to us through social media and really appreciated a, a great local business. And Yeah, just somebody that, you know, we hadn't connected with for a really long time since high school. So, you know, a local business owner that somehow stumbled across this podcast and wanted to support uh, what we're doing. So hopefully uh, we find that back for him and in, in our listeners and oh he's friends with my wife on facebook (laughs) (laughs) good job mike Uh oh Oh. drama But, and yeah, we're going to, we're going to go there too. I know they're having their Asian Motor Works having their third, third year anniversary in March. So always, always happy to bring a, another partner on board and, uh, our first, I guess, car vehicle related one, which is fun. So with that, we are going to move into round six of Dustin versus Walsh. Dustin, you and I are on the ropes here and I came up with this game and I, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't have, but really this is just, uh, something, something we haven't done in a while. So Dustin, round six, you got us on the ropes here. You, I think you three in a three wins in a row for Walsh now. So you need this to stay alive because it's best of seven. And this is just, it's not even the Red Deer time machine. It's just Red Deer trivia. Doesn't need a fancy name because it's just, uh, you know, thanks even on the, the city of Red Deer's website, found some pretty cool trivia. So the three of us just going to take turns asking the questions. You know the drill by now with the boards and uh, 10 questions plus a tiebreaker if need be. So you know what? Andrew, this is, uh, I think it's actually very fitting for a realtor to start off with question number one. All right. What was the original name for part of the Glendale neighborhood north of 67th Street and west of 59th Ave? Glen Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Kentwood. (laughs) The correct answer is Aspen Heights. No chance. Never heard of it. You've never heard of Aspen Heights? No, I've heard of Aspen Ridge. That's where I live. Aspen Heights School is the first uh, micro society school in Red Deer, I believe. Yeah, my mom, uh, my mom used to be principal at that school. There you go. Uh, okay, question two: True or false? Red Deer had the first court case in Canada to include female jurors. True. True. It is true. Well done. Yeah, I mean, probably a, a kind of an easy one to guess true, but I thought that was a fun fact that why not throw it in there? So question three, tied at 1-1, the Gates Manufacturing Company was the first company in Alberta to manufacture what? These are, yeah, I wouldn't expect you guys to know a lot of these. I just thought they were really fun facts. Rock quarry. <laughs> Fencing. It is work shirts and overalls. So they invented Mark's Work Warehouse. <laughs> oh, well, who sponsored drop? Free ad. No, they uh, they yeah, the first company in Alberta They're, to manufacture those. Not sell them, manufacture them. I would have thought fencing because gates. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you know how the main street in Red Deer is spelled. Yeah, I know. Yeah, That's I like that. Pretty good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and Lund, you said you knew that though. Well, no, I didn't know it. That's what I guess. So, well, that's oh, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I should have said anything out loud. <laughs> Number four, what is Red Deer's official cookie? Hands up if you knew Red Deer had an official cookie. I'll be really impressed if you get this. Ginger snap. Girl guide. (laughs) (laughs) Caramel surprise. Question number five. The Red Deer Advocate was not the first newspaper to be published in Red Deer. How many came before it? And what did did we learn like a while ago? It was like the 1800s or something was the first advocate, right? So that, that goes way back. Two. Two. Are we doing closest two? <laughs> nope. The uh, correct answer is five. I don't have the names or any other information, but yeah, I didn't, five I didn't failed newspapers before the say, advocate. That's a lot of failures. Glad you made this game so easy, Ted. 
Well, it's not supposed to be easy. We're supposed to learn. I don't expect you guys to know a lot of this. It's all about learning stuff, but you might know this one. What was constructed during the 1885 Riel Rebellion, also known as the Northwest Rebellion, at the crossing? Hint, it's still around today. I feel like Dustin might have this one. <laughs> Fort Normando. Old train bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it is Fort Normando. Wow. Let's go. So 2-1 on that one. That's good. I didn't, I actually, uh, not from here, but I did not know that Fort Normando was built that long ago like did you is that something you learned in in school was there like a local we did a field trip there yeah i don't remember what it is or what it's about i just remember that's the oldest place i've ever gone i don't remember what it was for it's probably like an old trading post or something but yeah honestly hudson's bay came to mind and i was like oh i have fort Norman it was there. it was a fort like during the rebellion it was a hideout whatever you want to call it yeah okay number seven fill in the blank in 1884 the last blank was seen in the red deer area can't do what i'm thinking <laughs> Yeah, don't. (laughs) Don't. Okay, go ahead. Snake. Wolf. The correct answer is bison. Oh. You're on the right track. Yeah, not not as far off as I thought. All right, question number eight. Prior to the creation of the ornamental park at City Hall in 1949, City Square was used for what? Protests. (laughs) (laughs) Farmer's market. (laughs) I think back then was just a market. Okay, if none of those are right, I was going to say like a Rockefeller Center outdoor rink. <laughs> well, you, we may have given you that one. Oh, the answers are yeah. baseball, skating, and a playground. Oh, no. <laughs> so we... <laughs> Yeah, that we probably would have given you. The damn truckers got in my head. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure the city developed a spot for all the protests. Well, here's, here's, that's actually funny that you should say that. Number nine, this is closest to. What year did the first outdoor ice rink open in Red Deer? 1892. Oh, I think that's closer. 1904. Oh my God, it's a tie. The answer is 1898. (laughs) 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 Right? Yeah, that's yeah. a good <laughs> I was going to put 1894. Oh. <laughs> that's incredible. So, you have thought. Okay, you guys good both thing. get a point. Yeah. So, this so, is the last question. So and he's up three, by one. Three, yeah. two, yeah. Last question. Uh, we do have a tiebreaker, and this is uh, Andrew. Take us home. Red Deer is named after the Red Deer River, but what was the river actually called by the Cree, which was then mistranslated by British traders as Red Deer River? This one's a real learning. Do you know this one, Lindy? Yeah, I spoke about this on one of our podcast episodes. Nice hint to your teammate. Well, you heard it too. I have no idea. (laughs) You listen to podcasts more than either of these guys do. So, you need the Cree name? No, 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 no. Just like what- What did they mispronounce it as? Yeah, so so what's the real English translation? Gotcha. What is the Cree name of the river? Waskasu CP. (laughs) Isn't that a guy who just creeps on you in the bathroom? Okay, come on. You might have just blew it for us, Ted. No. That didn't help me. No. No, you. I saw your answer. I just don't want him to get it so we win. Yeah, we need, we're going to need a good guess from here. Cause. I don't think he's going to get it. I wouldn't have known this without looking it up. I couldn't remember it, but I I did talk about this. Yeah. I said the Little Red Deer River. Green Elk Stream. Oh! I don't think we can do it. Hey, wait, what's the score? It's 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two, two. Two. That's not for, for Dustin. Dustin. 
No. Well, what's the answer? The answer is Elk River. <laughs> yeah. Green Elk Stream yeah, is not. You, you, no, you can't yeah. give them. No, that. I was I just impressed you got elk. Yeah, how did you get that? Because uh, I was like, Sioux, probably. I, right? What's opposite of red? It's <laughs> <laughs> opposite of a deer. <laughs> so really, they elk. Just, <laughs> what's opposite of river or stream? <laughs> yeah. It's not like a super That's cool creative thinking, story. Kev. Way to go. Yeah, yeah nice work. But it's, yeah, they just thought red deer instead of elk, basically. So, Dustin. Game seven, baby. Let's go. That means I got to come up with another goddamn game but just for fun this is just another closest to because i don't know who wouldn't want to know this in meters how high above sea level is red deer Three thousand forty-two. 1500 oh, you would have won 855 855 meters hey good job on that because that was very hard i didn't design it to be easy i just thought it was i kind of came, came across it we learned some stuff you might remember half of it. Who would have thought that a game of trivia, Dustin, would get back in the game? I just can't believe that we were each six years off. On yeah, that. that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I thought you had it until I did the maths. Yeah, well done, guys. You got more than I thought you had, so... So, hey, that means one more game seven. That's pretty exciting. I don't think we've ever gone to like a, a no, we final haven't. game, right? In, in any of the verses. So we'll have to make it a doozy. Yeah. I just hope there's snow on the ground for our carriage or our sleigh ride for our date. There should be. It'll be February. I don't know. It's pretty nice out there. I'm starting to feel like it's spring. Oh, well, I think you just jinxed it, man. <laughs> it's not summer because the snow's still on the ground. Oh, yeah. He knows the rules. Yeah. So that was it. That's it for another episode. Andrew, thank you for coming in, filling in. I hope you had fun. Uh, you know, really, the Ked thing wasn't a big deal. It's just Aaron wasn't here to go after her hair, so we had to fixate on something. Thank you for being our lightning rod. I can't believe I paid for that ad read. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's top of mind, no matter what. Everyone's going to think, wow, 20 grand. That guy's so nice. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, man, I'm going to buy a house from him. Um, so now this is your third time on the podcast, though. How was your ad read experience? Um, it was pretty good. Um, the ad writing is iffy at best, but... Um, That's a know. shot at two of us. That's showbiz, baby. I did my best to impersonate coworker Aaron's like change of tonality. So hopefully, hopefully I can take her spot because I've got better hair. So. You're, you're going to yeah. listen to it and be like, that is one tone the whole time. No, I thought you did. I thought you did good. Thanks, I Lindy. I don't remember. I'm just saying that's how you're going to think. So I will just say, Andrew, you know, you've been a great partner, a great friend of ours, supporting our bad habits here with this podcast. <laughs> really appreciate it, obviously. You know, we really want somebody to tell them Lundy sent you here soon. Hopefully we're out of this little pandemic thing short or sooner than later. We're coming with beer. We're coming with pizza. We're coming with our trucks. We'll move you in. We'll take some pictures. We'll have some fun with the podcast. And and Andrew, you know, he, he sells a ton of houses. He's really qualified. He sold a lot of houses with us through our friend group and and just tell them Lundy sent you and we'll have a great time. That's all I got to say about that. And stay tuned because we got some fun stuff, cool stuff coming in, I guess technically the new year, but coming up with Andrew as well. So Andrew, thank you for being here. Thank you as always to Ryan and Riley. Uh, you know what? If you, if you don't already, I think you figured out you can't just get a hold of us by yelling, oh dear. But make sure you follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. Leave us a positive review, all that jazz. But again, thank you so much. Thank you to our episode sponsor, uh, Saks Thrift Ave. Again, you know, cool place. Really happy we found that one. Make sure you go check it out. And as always, thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bose Bar and Stage. So for Andrew Russell, Ryan Lund, Kevin Walsh, Dustin Moore, I'm Ked Emmett, and we'll knee a sex time.